today a message I'm going to call when life goes dark. Let's stand together at this time for the reading of God's word. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of a servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Look, all you who kindle a fire and encircle yourself with sparks. Walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks you've kindled. This you shall have for my hand. You shall lie down in torment. May God bless the reading of his word today is my prayer. You may be seated. We're looking today at this amazing Old Testament passage from the prophet Isaiah uh, as God was speaking to him from so long ago to his people and yet a message that still obviously applies to us so much. It's God's truth for us when we are walking in the darkness. Uh, Some of you may really feel like you need this message today. You may be walking through some dark times. Others of you may say, hey, everything's pretty well going in my life. We're going well. This may be something that you need right now. Uh, It may be something that you just need to put in your medicine cabinet. Because though you might not need it now, you will. God's truth then, for when we are walking in darkness, darkness and shadows are used often in Scripture metaphorically for times of discouragement, depression, difficulty, sorrow, suffering. The psalmist David famously said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. God speaks then in this passage to those who are walking in that darkness. Maybe you found yourself in this world walking in the darkness from time to time of a different kind although since we have almost instant light available to us all the time we don't really walk in darkness very far just time enough to get to the light switch boom we got light if you can't get to the light switch or a flashlight boom don't I man where's the flashlight we always know almost where our phone's at and the phone has a pretty good light as long as the batteries works um, the reason why that we're so fond of having light so easily available to us is obvious. If you get even up and start walking around your house, there are a lot of hidden obstacles that can get you. Uh, things you can step on, things you can walk into, uh, things you can kick, things you can trip over, especially if the grandkids have been around. I mean, it's just, I don't think our grandkids ever think, you know, I'm going to leave this laying right here so Papa will walk on it and trip. I don't think they say that. But how do they always seem to leave it exactly in that place where I'm going to hit it in the middle of the night? We don't walk around in the dark for very good reason. And when we get outside our house, it's even worse. If we get out in the real world, all kinds of pitfalls, all kinds of things that can hurt us, things that can trip us up. We, We need a good light. We don't like to walk around in the darkness. Uh, But then there's those times... And that's really what the psalmist is talking about, what Isaiah is talking about in this passage. Uh, These are times when our hearts and minds are plunged into darkness because of circumstances, because of our health, because of a deep sorrow, and we just don't know what to do. Sooner or later, life has a way of bringing us to some of these defining moments, we call it. Times that we've gone through this and we understand things have changed. 
and uh, we won't be going back to the way things were. Time of darkness. There are also other times, not just the times that life brings us, but sometimes God turns out the lights. This is one of those passages, Isaiah chapter 15, verse 2. Why, when I came, this was God saying, was there no man? Why, when I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Indeed, with my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. Their fish stink because there is no water and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness. And I make sackcloth their covering. God describes a time then when he called out to his people and they didn't answer. He asked for a meeting and they didn't show up. He called on them to come to him. They refused. They, uh, God was kind of marveling. I, I, I wondered why, why was there no man? Why didn't anybody show up when I called them? Look at all the things then that God said he would do when people refused to repent, when they refused to return to God, when they refused to come back to God when he called them. Look at all the things. I'll dry up the sea. I'll make the rivers a wilderness. I'll show you those dead and dying and stinking fish. But then he said, I'll clothe the heavens with blackness. Cover them with sackcloth. Sackcloth was black, dense, rough fabric that they wore in times of sorrow and mourning. So the picture is designed to show them that the darkness that they were experiencing was, in fact, from God. Ultimately, as a general rule, we can say this about all the things that tend to cause us to feel that intense darkness. Suffering. Let's remember, there would be no suffering today in the world if it weren't for sin. Death, let's remember, there'd be no death if it weren't for sin. Sorrow, sickness, there'd be none of those things if it weren't for sin. You see, all of this is a part of the curse. When man sinned, God brought the curse of sin upon the world. It included all those things. Cancer, heart attacks, strokes of all kinds, all of these things are a tribute to the fact that we live in a sin-cursed world. The presence of sin then brought upon it the judgment of God. That's the curse. The fall brought the curse. And so we could just look at it in a, in a general kind of way and see that the darkness then can be attributed to God's judgment. Uh, these dark times and difficult times. You see, somewhere down deep we think, you know, if I just understood why, it would all be bearable. Well, I've just told you why. Why do people get cancer? Why do people have a stroke? Why do children die? Why uh, do adults die? Why, why do good people suffer? Why do all of these things happen? I can tell you why. Because we live in a sin-plagued and a sin-cursed then world. Remember, God made us to live eternally. God placed humanity in a sinless environment. It's not like he gave them the legal code of the United States. There was only one thing they couldn't do. They did it anyway. 
And they chose then that time of sin. And then sin passed upon all men because we have all inherited that sin nature. That's part of what the Bible teaches us. But it's not just that we've inherited a nature to sin because all of us have in our own way affirmed what went on back so long ago in the garden. God said, don't do it, and we've done it anyway. God said, do this, and we refuse. You see, in our own way, we are sinners by nature, but in our own way, we are also sinners by choice. We're even sinners by preference. We've all affirmed it. We live in a sin-cursed world. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that has brought God's judgment. That's what brings the darkness. I'm here, though, this morning to tell you that though knowing why doesn't help us a whole lot, God has not left us without help. And he speaks in today some magnificent truth for us. When we are walking in the darkness. I want to say this real simply for you this morning. But I hope very powerfully and poignantly. Something you will hear and remember. Every time of darkness we ever go through. Is an invitation from Almighty God. For us to turn to Him. For help. Every time of darkness. Is an invitation. For us to turn to God. Let's see how this plays out in the passage. We'll see, first of all, then, the fact that God declares. The fact that God declares. That's in verse 10. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? God asked in a three-part question in this passage. He's describing, then, a person who fears the Lord and obeys the Lord. And yet walks in darkness without light. That's what he says. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? That's a big declaration. You know, you can say a lot with questions. And God declares it and declares it plainly. You can be devoted to God. You can reverence God. You can obey God and serve God and honor God. And yet still find yourself plunged into darkness. Though you're faithful, though you're fruitful, though you're serving him, trying to obey him and live for him, yet you can still find yourself walking in darkness and have no light. You see, the Bible doesn't teach us, and our experience certainly doesn't teach us, that if you'll be saved and if you'll come to God, that you'll be immune from problems and difficulties. In fact, the Bible tells us just the opposite. Jesus said it in the world, you shall have, not might have, maybe have, shall have tribulation. But, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Bible then teaches us very plainly, not only in direct statements, but also in examples. God said that Job was a just man. In fact, they said, God said it, God said it. Job didn't claim it, God said it. There's not a man like Job on all the earth. Who loves me and serves me and honors me and fears me. God said that. And yet look what happened. In Job chapter 19 and verse 8. Job responded. He, that's God, has fenced up my way so that I cannot pass. And he has set darkness in my paths. Isaiah himself would suffer. Jeremiah, faithful prophet that he was, 
would suffer greatly. We've already mentioned David and his time in the valley of the shadow. All of these and many more I could mention this morning are examples of the fact that we can serve God devotedly and yet suffer deeply. This is not fine print that we failed to read when we were saved. No, God told us right up front, very plainly about it. You can serve God devotedly and yet still suffer deeply. It's true that this chapter begins with the promise of judgment on those who resisted and rebelled against God. And though I applied this generally to God's judgment on the fall of man and, and God's judgment on sin generally, I would be less than honest today if I didn't tell you that some of the deepest darkness we can ever find ourselves in as God's children come upon us because we've rebelled against God. We've resisted him, we've refused him, turned away from him. And so while God is certainly capable, and he does, of bringing that darkness just in that general way because we live in a sin-cursed world and, and therefore we're going to get sick and we're going to suffer. But sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it can be because we've rebelled against him. It doesn't mean that just because we're devoted to God and we're serving God and we're following God, we can be doing all of those things and still be in darkness. But it can certainly happen then when we rebel against God, when we reject God, when we refuse God, then that we find ourselves walking through deep darkness. I have no idea on which side of that paradigm you find yourself today. I have no idea about those watching from home, whether you are then walking in darkness because you've rebelled against God, you've rejected God, you've turned away from God. And though he has continually called out to you, you've refused to respond. And therefore, you are living out the darkness of that choice. You chose sin and all that it brings instead of your Savior. Or maybe you're devoted to God. You're serving God. You're trying to be faithful. And you find yourself going through that darkness today. If it is that latter case, I have some very specific words for you from our text today. To that person who says, you know, I've, I'm, I've tried to live for God. I love him. I've tried to be faithful to him. Then why this darkness? And so the first thing that we see in, in our text is that God gives us a fact. A fact that he declares very plainly. That you can fear God and you can walk with God and serve God and yet... Find yourself in darkness with no light. But then we want to see the faith that God develops. A fact that he declares. Then a faith that he develops. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servants? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. The faith God develops. You know, preachers used to say, and I have said it rather routinely, that faith is like film. It develops in the dark. But for our younger generation, I have to explain that anymore. In our day, you say of digitalization, it's, it's necessary to explain that cameras, cameras once captured an image in the light and preserved it on film. 
that film had to be carefully protected. You couldn't expose it to the light. If it did, it wiped out everything. And then that film was placed in that special place. They took it and put it in that envelope. Uh, they, they mailed it off, I guess, from the store. They sent it to the place where they developed it. It required a dark room. I know nothing else about the process except that film had to be carefully developed in the darkness. And then after a few days, you'd get your pictures back. It was a laborious process. I have no desire to go back to those days, even if we could. Required that special paper if you wanted your pictures to last. It was a word some of you will remember called Kodak. Kodak. I've never heard of that, I understand. Uh, there, there is a, a, a school of thinking in homiletics that says that if you have to explain an illustration, you probably need to take it out. I don't subscribe to that. I just, I, I, I'm just old and I like saying it, that faith is like film. It develops in the dark. That, that's just too good of an expression to just throw away. So now you're caught up. Let's put it another way. Some things you can only see in the dark, like stars. Stars. One of the great things about being an outdoorsman and being able to get up long before daylight and get out in the, in the wild area, away from uh, the city, away from the lights, uh, you go walking in the darkness then, and maybe you got a little light, maybe you don't. I tell you, most of the time, if you'll just give your eyes a few moments, you can see by the starlight, unless it's real cloudy. That's the point. You get to see those beautiful stars. Shining so bright. The heavens are full of them. And they do what God has said they've done all along. They declare the glory of God. That's what they're doing. I want to remind you that those stars shine just as brightly at high noon. As they do at midnight. You can't see them. Some things you see. You only see in the dark. And if it's true then, and it is true that you can serve God and be devoted to Him and honor Him, you can fear God and and obey God, and yet still walk in darkness when there is no light, then we have to understand that God is using that darkness for something. And there's a couple of things that He tells us then in this passage. God wants us to learn, first of all, to trust Him. In his name. There are moments. When we cry out to Jesus. To help us. And if you're in the darkness this morning. As a faithful child of God. You're walking in darkness. Though you honor God and you serve him. What God wants you to do. Is learn to cry out. His name. If you're saved today. You are saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Because Simon Peter said in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. If you follow the Lord in baptism, you were baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You were sent out to witness to the name of Jesus, to serve in the name of Jesus, to pray in the name of Jesus over and over and over again. The scripture extols the virtue and the power of the name of Jesus Christ. We don't use it as an incarnation today, not just some, or incantation rather, although many do so. 
But James 5 does teach us to pray for the sick. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Romans 10, 13 says that whosoever shall call on the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord shall be saved. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10 tells us that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. But we don't stop needing to call out the name of Jesus after we've been saved. Well, I don't need that name anymore. I still, no, no. God wants us to remind us that we still need a Savior. Yes, we need a Savior to get us to heaven when we die. We did. But if you've done that, if you've called out upon Jesus Christ and he saved you, you don't get saved again and again and again and again. And if you keep asking God to save you, he won't because he already has. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to call on the name of our Savior. There's still a time for us to cry out in the darkness and to keep trusting in the name of Jesus. You see, we trust Jesus to get us out of our sin. We trust Jesus to get us into a relationship with God. We trust Jesus to get us out from under that sentence of condemnation and the certainty of hell and get us then into that certainty of heaven. But will we trust him? Will we cry out to him in those times of darkness? you're in your darkness today, God wants you to learn then to trust his name. The second thing that he tells us to do then is to rely on him, to rely on him. It's one of the pictures or portrayals that God gives us of faith in the scripture is that of leaning, to, to lean. And specifically, uh, it often referred to those shepherd, those nomadic people as the leaning on a staff or a walking stick. When you're walking out in the darkness, it's, it's a good thing to have a good strong stick to hang on to. And In fact, it don't hurt you to have a good strong stick to hang on to when you're walking in the daylight. I tell you, some of those things will reach out and grab you. Uh, sometimes those limbs just jump out in front of you. I don't know how it happens. It's good to have a good walking stick to hang on to when you're walking in darkness. We need somebody to lean on. And God wants us to lean on him. Now, some might scorningly call that a crutch for weak people. In fact, I've heard people describe religion as as just a crutch for somebody who can't stand on their own. Well, I'm here to tell you today, I am not able to stand on my own. And yes, I do need my God to lean on. I do. That doesn't. You say, well, you're weak. So are you. (laughs) Who's not? God said, rely on me. And every time of darkness sin is an invitation for God. It's God crying out to us, rely on us. Rely on me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rely on our God. So, child of God, who do you lean on or what? When time gets tough. What do you turn to? When you've had a hard week. When you've had a, a tough time. When you're, when you're walking through that time of darkness. 
What do you say? I need what? I hear people say, well, man, I need a cigarette. Or I need a drink. Man, I need a drink. I need a beer. I hear that a lot. I need what? What do we rely on when times get dark? What do we run to? Have to be careful because if you're turning to something and it's not an addiction, it probably soon will be. But that's not even the worst part. The worst part is that you can smoke a whole carton of cigarettes and still be in the dark. And now you stink. No offense. You can drink a whole 12-pack and still be in the dark. And now you're drunk and in the dark. It's not any better. You can add in a hundred, a thousand other things, child of God, that we might turn to, run to when we're in the darkness. Things we turn to. Things we give ourselves permission to do. Well, this will help me. God wants us to rely on Him. And God will help. God will help. There's nothing that teaches us that any better or any faster than walking in darkness. To trust in God's name. that We can still call out to Him and He'll hear. And to lean on Him. In our hour of darkness. So we see then the fact that God declares. We see the faith then that God develops. The fact that you can serve God and be devoted to Him and yet still walk in darkness. That's the fact. The faith then that God in in allowing that darkness to come into our life. God uses it. God develops our faith in the darkness. Lastly, then, there's a failure that God describes. Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks you kindle. But this you'll have for my hand. You'll lie down in torment. We already noticed the things, and there are multitudes of things that we do to try and medicate the pain or to make us feel better in the times of our darkness, but they don't help, and oftentimes they plunge us even into deeper darkness. But this goes further. As God warns us about turning to our own ideas and our own illumination to create a light for ourselves. Abraham and Sarai famously did this as they were waiting on God to give them a child. That promised child. They knew it was up to them somehow. (laughs) Hey, we got to get this. And by the way, Abraham, you're not getting any younger. It sounded like a good idea. Suddenly, Abraham and Hagar had a little boy. What did they do? They kindled a fire and they followed the sparks. You know that imagery if you've ever started a fire out in the wind and you see the sparks then going and and what God has described, kindle a fire and then follow the sparks. Well, the sparks are going that way, so that must be the way God wants me to go. And those sparks can lead us right over a cliff, right into a precipice. God says those sparks will cause you to fall down and lie in misery because we've made up our own mind we've made up our own way we've kindled a fire and 
and then followed it. As if something that we could make was actually going to help us. We treat sometimes God as an absolute last resort. Or worse. We don't treat God as a resort at all. When we kindle a fire and follow the sparks then. uh, It's going to take us deeper into our rebellion. To where God has to break us. And he certainly can do that. And we lie down then in brokenness and misery. And sadly sometimes people still refuse to turn to God. Refuse to trust in his name. Refuse to rely on him. All of that's the bad news. But I've got some good news for you this morning. You see, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You folks in the balcony, it doesn't have to be that way. Watching from home, it don't have to be this way. Verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who's weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting, but the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I will not be ashamed. Obviously, this is a messianic prophecy. There is no greater example of the truth of this passage than Jesus Christ himself. It was Jesus who cried out into that horrible darkness of three hours. At the end of it, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? If Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, hung in the darkness, how much more do we think we're going to wind up there someday? Yes. Yes. Not like Jesus did, but in our own way. We'll walk through the darkness And Jesus set the example. He was not rebellious. He submitted. He didn't run away. He gave his back to the whip. He gave his face to those who spit in it. He endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. For the joy that was set before him. That's us. Jesus is the great example. Out of this prophecy and example then, we get these three great promises that we'll close out with today. First of all, there's a promise that when we're walking in the darkness, the Lord will help me. Yes, I I wish I could say to you this morning that this passage says the Lord will heal me. That's not what it said. Or the Lord will deliver me or fix me. It's not what it says. The Lord will help me. The Lord will help me. God doesn't always heal us. Sometimes he does. But when we trust in his name and call out to his name and when we rely on him, we can always be assured that our God will help us. He always has. He always will. 
Through that darkness then, the Bible promises that the Lord will give me the tongue of the learned so that we can speak a word in season to them that are weary. God then reminds us that life is not always just about us. Some things that happen to us are not just about us. Sometimes God does this for somebody else. What is it that I might speak a word in season to them who are weary? So that when God takes us through the darkness, so that we learn then to trust in His name. When God takes us through the darkness, so that we learn then that we can rely on God and we cry out to Him and to help Him. Now we've got something else. We've got a testimony. There'll be a time then when somebody needs to feel a hand on their shoulder that says to them, I've been there. I know where you are. I've been there. I know what you're going through. I've been there. It'll be our great temptation at that moment in time to say, and let me give you some advice. Restrain yourself. Don't do it. You see, at that moment in time, as you're able to say to somebody, I've been there, what are you? You're a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony that God in heaven got you through it. Yes, I went through this. That's all they need to say. I'm still standing. I'm still alive, still serving, still trusting, still calling on the name of Jesus. I've been there. That's all they need. Now, someday that person may come back to you and say, How did you do it? How did you get through it? You see, that's when the season is open. God takes us through the darkness. So he puts a word in our mouth that we can speak in season to someone who's weary. The Lord gives you the tongue of the learned. Lastly, He promises to awaken us morning by morning. He wakes us up morning by morning. Are you in the darkness today? I want you to know that sunlight is coming. Sunset may be upon you, but sunlight is coming. God will wake you up morning by morning. He opens our ears because there's a lot of people who can sleep right through their alarm. God has a sunrise for every time of darkness. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Though you're in the darkness today, there's a morning to come. This is a great passage today. don't feel like I've done it justice. I'm not sure that I could. I just send it out with a prayer. There's a lot of darkness in our world. A lot of you going through it. I know some of you here. Many more at home. I don't know the darkness you're going through. You do and God does. I don't know the source of it. Have you rebelled against God? Have you rejected Jesus Christ? Are you walking his own way and refusing his offer of salvation? You've turned to sin and all sin has brought you suffering. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ will hear your call. He'll save you from your sins if you'll ask him to. Maybe you're a believer, but you've gone down a path of rebellion, resistance, rejection, 
turned away from God, everything seems dark to you. I'm here to tell you that God has given you a simple plan to follow. Call his name and rely on him. If he's asked you to return to him, it's time to return. Maybe you're on the other side of this paradigm. Maybe you're on the other side. It's not rejection of the Savior. It's not rebellion against God that's plunged you in the darkness. You're serving God, fearing him. And yet darkness has come upon you. God's given you a great word today. And I'll hope you'll claim it. Great preacher Adrian Rogers once said, Never doubt in the dark what God shows you in the light. Never doubt in the dark what God shows you in the light. Sometimes in the darkness we just have to reach out, call God's name. Lean on him. Though we might be limping, we take another step. Though we might be weak, we're able to keep going. And with another step and another day and another week and another year, God shows himself faithful. And though the pain may still be there, All of a sudden, you look around, and the world's got bright again. Why? The sun's come up. Weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning.